My name is Randy Howell, and you're listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. Welcome to the Faith and Fishing Podcast, where every episode I'll bring you an interview with a member of the fishing community, and they'll be sharing their faith stories and fishing memories with you. I'm your host, Cam Steele. Atollis, based out of Charleston, South Carolina, is an eyewear accessory and gear company focused on enhancing your time on the water. Their floating sunglass retainers are the most technically advanced around. Over five years of engineering, testing, and exhaustive feedback from paddlers, anglers, and watermen have resulted in a patented design in a class of its own. They're incredibly light and comfortable, built for durability, sport a sleek, minimal design, float virtually all brands and models of sunglasses, and they're back for life. So if you break them, Atollis will replace them, no questions asked. Whether you're fishing, kayaking, or boating, Atollis will save your shades from the dream. Head on over to atollas.co to check out their gear and use promo code FAITHINFISH15, that's FAITH, the letter N, FISH, the number 1, 5, at checkout to save 15% on your order. Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle in Greensboro, North Carolina offers a wide range of products and services designed to help protect the environment and enhance the time people spend enjoying the outdoors. With an expansive year-round inventory of kayaks, sups, bikes, kayak fishing accessories, paddling clothing, biking accessories, and more, Get Outdoors has established itself as one of the top paddle sports and biking shops in the southeast. They also offer a wide range of kayak safety and technique courses to get you comfortable in your new boat. They'll even get it rigged up for you. Stop by the shop in Greensboro, North Carolina, or check them out at shopgetoutdoors.com. Savior Outdoors gives me confidence that no matter what happens, what I take on the water is coming back home with me. With retrieval devices for fishing rods, bow fishing bows, action cams, and even one that can be attached to your other gear, they've got your whole arsenal covered. When one of these devices goes in a drink, it releases a float attached to your gear by 60 feet of line so you can get it back, and the pressure sensitive filter means that you don't have to worry about rain or dips in the water while landing a fish. At SaveYourOutdoors.com, that's S-A-V-U-R Outdoors.com, you can use promo code FNFP15 to save 15% and try them for yourself. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different of an episode. Um, we are not going to be doing Learn From My Mistake or Product Spotlight or What You're Reading This Time. This is just going to be a bonus episode it's going to be a similar interview, uh, but I wanted to make sure that I got this one out in time for y'all to participate in the autism awareness campaign that our guest has going on. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, you can see this awesome shirt right here. Uh, you'll be seeing it on both myself and our guest. Uh, so our guest this time is, um, is that bass fishing dude, uh, Mr. Brandon Hayes. Brandon is... Uh, He's the tallest bass angler in the world, um, as far as we know. Um, he is seven feet tall, and every time I see him holding up a fish, I have to remind myself that that is Brandon, and that is actually a fish that is as big as he says it is. Um, because if it were me holding it up, it would look a lot different. But um, let's go ahead and get um, get Brandon in here. But before we do that, let me uh, go ahead and and thank the sponsors of our show. So we have Savior Outdoors, Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle, um, Jade's Jigs, Quail Ridge Books, Mr. B Lure Company, and Atollis. Um, so uh, make sure you check the All Things Faith and Fishing link in the show notes to uh, to to get to those those sponsor links. And in in that link, it will have the promo codes there for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. So let's go ahead and uh, and let's get Brandon in here. Brandon, man, welcome to the show. Hey, man, how's it going? How you doing? Absolutely. So uh, doing well, man. Hope you are. Um, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, to get us started, t- 
tell us who who Brandon Hayes is. Kind of introduce yourself to our listeners and, and give us the lowdown. No worries, man. So it's Brandon Mays, M-A-Y-E-S, Mays Hayes. What did I say? Oh, <laughs> uh, Hayes. It's all oh, good. no. I was no, you're good, man. To podcast today. <laughs> no, it's all, it happens all the time. Um, so my name is Brandon, you know, Brandon Mays. I'm originally from uh, Central Texas, born and raised. Um, I was in the military for 10 years. I got injured in Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, my first and second deployment. I got medically retired back in 2013. From there, um, I've done a lot of different things for for therapy. You know, I, I suffer from PTSD and you know other things. And um, you know, over the last few years, uh, fishing has been something that's been um, very, very therapeutic for me. And through my fishing, you know, I've I've made a lot of strides uh, in the outdoor space, uh, growing a, a relatively large social media following and you know, building a platform that, you know, focuses on giving back to the community, especially the special needs community. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's been a really interesting thing uh, to be able to accomplish over the last few years. Um, I'm a kayak angler. That's something that a lot of people probably uh, would not think that a person of my stature would absolutely be doing, but I um, uh, absolutely love kayak fishing. Fell in love with it about two and a half years ago. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big, big fan and fanatic of the paddle sports community. So I've got a saying that, you know, paddle sports is life, you know, because it really is, you know, it changes a lot of people's lives. It saves people's lives as well. Um, so, yeah, man, just out here enjoying and, you know, doing what I do, man, making things happen. Absolutely. And you work very closely with uh, with one of our guests that we had on uh, recently, Charlie Wells. So big shout out to him. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Charlie is, uh, is actually my best friend. <laughs> solid dude, man. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, you've been making the the rounds on the podcast lately. I've gotten to hear you on uh, Paddle and Fin OG show, uh, Bass Kayak and Beers, um, with our with our good friends uh, Brian and Armando. Love those guys. Yes, sir. Um, but. Yeah, so uh, you've kind of been making making the rounds talking about the autism awareness campaign that you have going on. And that's one of the main reasons um, that I wanted to get you on so early um, so that we we had a little bit of time left um, because uh, that goes through the end of this month. Is that correct? Yes, sir. OK, so uh, this will hopefully this 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 should go up tonight on the podcast platforms and uh, hopefully YouTube Um so that means that you'll have, if you're listening to it the night it comes out, you'll have four days left. Um, so uh, make sure that you are uh, taking advantage of that. Links will be in the show notes. Um, but yeah, so go ahead and give us the give us the introduction on uh, on what that is, um, what your your campaign is, and then we'll go from there. Cool. Yeah. So. About three years ago, actually, yes, three years ago, exactly. This is the third year that we've been doing this autism campaign. Um, so I work for Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. That's that's actually my day job. Um, I work in the information security um, field, cybersecurity. And um, so my company, the headquarters, is, is actually just really, really cool building. You know, there's all this really cool stuff in there. And um, there's a person that works at the office with us that um, that's on the spectrum. Um, and, you know, he came from this organization that's called Austin's Autistic Adventures, which is a local nonprofit that's based right here in DFW um, that supports young adults and teens on the autism spectrum. So how I got involved with um, Austin's Autistic Adventures is, is, you know, through Joseph, you know, whenever I first started working at Canes, you know, and I met Joseph, you know, I started asking around. I was like, you know, where did Joseph come from? You know, what, you know, how did Joseph get started working here? And they're like, oh, he came from this organization. Well, it just so happened, like two or three months later, they were actually up there doing uh, an office tour. And um, again, you know, our office is really, really cool. We got all kinds of crazy stuff, like disco balls and scooters and all the sodas and snacks you can eat and drink. And, you know, it's just loud, you know, pumping music, pumping through every speaker in the house. And it's just it's a lot of fun. It's a really, really cool place to work. Everybody has a smile on their face. Um, Stress free environment. And um, so, you know, that's whenever, you know, they were up there doing an office visit an office tour. And I met Jamie, the founder of that organization. And we got the chit chatting and talking about the org and, um, you know, talking about Joseph and, you know, talking about my son, you know, my son has autism. He's on the spectrum. He's 15 years old. 
And um, so we've dealt with, you know, autism um, and its effects for years. And, you know, even prior to all of this, you know, I've worked with special needs kids um, via the Special Olympics, volunteering with Special Olympics, coaching in Special Olympics and all that different stuff, all the way back to my days in the Army. So, you know, this is something that I've been involved with for a really, really long time. been very, very passionate about it um, for decades, you know, at this point um, or over a decade at this point. And um, so, you know, I was talking to, to Jamie about this, um, this organization. And, um, you know, I, I was like, man, I would really love to find a way to help raise some funding for you guys. And again, you know, I had my platform wasn't super huge at the time. But, you know, the thing about, you know, the TVFD gang is that they're dedicated. You know, and that's one of the great things I love about, you know, being in this position and being able to do what I do um, is that I do have a, a very, very loyal um, fan base. And um, so I was like, man, you know, how can I do this? You know, how can I, I make this the most beneficial for them and have fun with it at the same time? And that's whenever I thought about it, I was like, I'll do a T-shirt campaign. And um, we'll create a custom T-shirt and we'll sell this T-shirt on my website. And 100% of the profits that we make from this T-shirt will donate to the organization. So the very first year that we did this three years ago, um, the campaign, basically, we, we do the campaign and we run the campaign basically through the entire month of April. April is Autism Awareness Month. So that's why the significance of the month of April is so important for the T-shirt campaign. So the very first year that we did the campaign, we raised $1,000 for the organization. So, you know, the first year out the gate, 1000 bucks, And I, you know, absolutely floored, super excited about this. You know, we sold a really, really cool um, T-shirt and, you know, helped provide a lot of support for that organization. And, you know, the thing about it is, is that, you know, every dollar that goes to that organization counts for something. You know, they do everything from... Um, social events. So that's really what the, the organization is really about is, is providing social experiences for children or young adults and teens on the spectrum. Because if you're not familiar with autism, um, ASD, um, it's a social disorder, you know, so they're the, the people that, that um, are affected by autism are very, very non-social, you know, in, in most cases, you know, they're um, some are, you know, severely autistic, you know, they're, they're nonverbal, you know, that they don't communicate or talk or anything like that. And then you have some that are the complete opposite. They do talk and they're very verbal. Um, they're high functioning. You have low functioning, you know, have all these different um, aspects of autism. So, um, you know, that was one of the things about this, this organization that was so cool is that they work with a little bit of everyone, you know, and, and the big thing about it is, is providing these social experiences for them to social to put them out to give them an opportunity to be a part of a normal social environment around them and you know to introduce not only them to the world but the world to them and what the effects of autism actually look like um so we um you know we raised a thousand dollars for the first year um and those that that money that's raised they use that money to do things like cooking classes um you know, social events, they go out to amusement parks, you know, all these other different things these to provide a social, a safe social outlet for the members of this organization. So every single one of those outings costs on average about 25 to $30. So whenever you think about that as a whole, every 25 to $30 raised, you're providing one opportunity for one member of the organization to go out and have a social experience. So first year, we raised $1,000. Second year, we did another custom t-shirt. And every year, the shirt is completely different. So last year, we did a different shirt. Um, that shirt raised $2,250 uh, for the organization. And then uh, one of my brand partners, Private Water Fishing, they actually matched our donation amount, which brought our grand total for last year to $4,500. So you talk about crazy excited. Um, that was absolutely awesome, completely unexpected. Um, and that all came about whenever we started doing our second piece to this whole entire thing, um, which we started last year, which is the TVFD gang Autism Day on the Water, which is where we take the organization out and we provide an opportunity for them to be introduced to paddle sports and fishing. So we put on this huge event last year. Um, you know, private water fishing put us up on a private lake. Um, Austin Canoe and Kayak brought 12 kayaks up. Um, 
we had, you know, food was provided by NRS. Um, we had sweet tea eliminated pro provided by Raisin Cane's, my company. And we had 50 people show up to this event. We had basically 12 kids, their parents, and basically immediate family, you know, all showed up to this event. And, um, you know, you're talking about kids that have never seen a kayak, never been on a kayak, <laughs> you know, people, kids, you know, most people that have autism have very, very poor motor skills. So you're talking about kids that, again, they have terrible balance, you know, the all kinds of stuff, you know, but these kids jumped on these, they were excited about it. That's all they talked about. All they talked about, oh, I want to go on a kayak, you know, whenever they heard about it, they heard, they were like, oh my God, I want to get on the kayak. They showed up ready to rock and roll, got them, you know, suited up PFDs, got, you know, gave them a quick little safety brief and boom, we start putting kids on kayaks and we're out there on the water with them in the kayaks. And these kids took to it like a duck to water. It was the coolest thing on the planet, man. Like, I mean, literally the coolest thing ever. And, um, you know, they were so excited about this and, um, you know, after everybody ate, you know, we did the little big check presentation for the, you know, the money we raised for the t-shirt. And that's whenever Pride Water Fishing decided to match our donation on the spot. You know, it was just crazy. But, um, you know, really, really thankful for them for doing that. And, um, you know, so now we roll into this year, new t-shirt campaign with, you know, the new t-shirt that we're rocking this year. And, um, you know, we've, we set a goal, a monetary goal of $5,000 was what we wanted to raise from selling t-shirts this year. And we're on track, man. Like we are really knocking this thing out of the water this year. And uh, we're, st we're still going to do the day on the water again this year. And um, I'm actually looking forward to that. We're, we're in the process of planning that out right now. That's going to be the first weekend of June. And, um, you know, it's just been a lot of fun, man. It's really been just this wild and awesome journey, man, to, to see all of this stuff kind of come together and, you know, to talk to the organization and, and see, you know, and get feedback from them about what they're wanting to do and things that they're thinking about and finding new ways to help them. And, you know, you know, a lot of people probably think, well, you know, there's so many different autism organizations out there, you know, Autism Speaks and, you know, all these other ones that are out there. Why Austin's Autistic Adventures? And the reality of it is, is, yeah, we could have partnered with, you know, some big national organization, you know, Autism Speaks. There's a couple other really big ones out there. Um, that, you know, cover basically everybody across the country. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, those companies get millions of dollars in funding on a yearly basis. And, you know, the the money that we would raise for them would be a, a very small drop in the bucket. And we would never be able to see that money get put to use. You know, there's no telling what they're, how, when or where that money gets used. You know, not saying that there's anything wrong with those organizations or anything like that. But we chose Austin's Autistic Adventures because it's local right here in my in my neighborhood, in my community. And it gives us an opportunity to see those dollars immediately go to work. And that was what was important to me is being able to put money in somebody's hands, funding in, in a, the organization's hands and letting them use that money the way that they need to. And we get to actually physically see that money go to work. And another great thing about it is, is that it's an organization that my own son can benefit from because again, it's local. It's right here. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, that's, that's a big part of it for us, man. That's, it's just, it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's for sure. So um, somebody wants to, wants to get involved or um, wants to purchase a t-shirt. Um, the, uh, the link is scrolling here at the bottom for, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube. And, uh, again, links will be in the show notes. Um, but yeah, the, um, the, the designs are, are awesome this year. Um, I didn't get to see the, uh, the designs the previous years. Uh, this is the first time I've, I've, I've been involved in, uh, in the, Instagram fishing world at this time of year. So, um, yeah. Um, what, what all goes into the, to the designs are, are you the one who does the, the designing for that? So I do in, in some cases. Um, and then sometimes we, we contract that the artwork out to others, you know, to other people to get it drawn. So we usually, I always have an idea. So it always starts from an idea. And then that idea is kind of a, a collaborative effort between, you know, myself, um, my son gets involved, like he was involved in the first year's, um, you know, artwork. And, you know, I'll find like a really cool artist. Excuse me. I'll find like a really cool artist um, 
and find out if it's something that they want to help with. And, and usually everybody is always like, man, dude, heck yeah, on board. You know, obviously we pay them for this this artwork and stuff like that. But, um, you know, this year we, um, I actually reached out to a person to have them do the artwork for this year. You know, I said, you know, I wanted to do something, you know, with around, you know, kayak fishing because I'm a kayak angler. And um, so, you know, he was like, oh man, perfect idea, you know, got it. So kayak, and then I was like, you know, this is the, the slogan for this year is that I want to use, you know, see the able, not the label. And um, last year's um, quote was, um, why fit in when you were born to stand out? You know, and it was um, it was this really cool um, artwork for last year it was a, a, a wolf pack of bass that was like swimming through the water. And like they all had these really crazy, you know, they're like bursting out of the front of the shirt almost. But it's not like, you know, they're not actually busting out, but it's just like the perspective of them. They got all these really cool lateral lines, and then one of them in particular has, you know, a, a really different lateral line from everybody else. Like his lateral line is just a bunch of puzzle pieces all the way down the side of his body, and it's you know the quote, you know, why fit in when you were born to stand out? Because the reality of it is, is they were born to stand out. They were born to be different, you know. Absolutely. And uh, so you know, this year, you know, we wanted to do something around kayak fishing. So you know, you got the cross paddles. And uh, which is signature to my even my own personal logo, you know, because I'm a kayak angler. You know, you got my big paddler logo, which is basically my face, but it's a skull, you know, and um, got the big cross paddles, crossbones behind, you know, big pirate flag. That's basically what it looks like. <laughs> but um, um, then you got the kayak in the middle because, you know, we're kayak anglers and you got the kid holding up this big old bass, you know, and the whole body silhouette of the child is basically puzzle pieces and, uh, you know, the heart in the middle of it. And, um, you know, it was just something that, you know, it was like this this idea just, again, pops in our head. And, you know, when you work with really great artists, they have a, a really um, good tendency of being able to take your idea and bringing it to life. And, and our artist this year, actually, he knocked it out of the park. Man. When I saw the artwork when he sent it back to me, I was like, dude, you, this is it. This is exactly what I was looking at in my head. Yeah. And he knocked it out of the park, man. That's awesome. Yeah, your uh, your artwork has always been on point. Like like you said, your your logo with the 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 big beard and the and the uh, the the paddles behind it. That's yeah, it's a it's a killer logo, man. Um, but yeah, so, um, so we got to uh, can't bring you on here without talking a little bit about you know about about fishing and about what we believe so so i know uh you are not a particularly religious person and um but what is it um what is it about being on the water um because i know even even people who who are not religious typically typically think of fishing as a spiritual experience so what is it about being on the water that that is so special to you Man, it's just it's a it's an outlet, you know, from the day to day everything. You know, I mean, it's you know, the world that we live in today is 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 definitely not the world that I grew up in. You know, it, it's completely just nutty on all levels. <laughs> Whenever you look at it from basically every perspective you can possibly think of it from every lens you look at it through, the world is crazy, man. There is something going on everywhere. And you know, just the ability to get out here on the water and seek and chase these different adventures, man, and to be around, you know, like-minded individuals that are there for the same exact thing, you know, because when you think about it, you know, like, you know, something that just uh, with my platform in general is like, I, I've always really stayed focused around being neutral to everything, you know, political beliefs, you know, your people's religion, whatever it may be, you know, race, all of that kind of stuff. You know, I, I'm not concerned with any of that stuff. At the end of the day, what I'm concerned about with is fishing and everything that I do is for the love of fishing. You know, I don't care who you voted for or who you didn't vote for, who you like, who you don't like. You know, I don't care what color you are, red, green, blue, yellow, purple. You know, I don't care what you believe in as far as God or whatever, or if you don't, you know, that doesn't make a difference to me. You know, it, it's all about, you know, do you love the outdoors as much as I do? And do you want to be out here and experience the outdoors like I do? And, you know, my goal is to inspire people to get out here and seek and chase those adventures in the outdoors because there is something special about being out here on the water. Even, you know, when you're not catching fish, 
you know, just being out here and being able to escape that the craziness of the world. It's the only place in the world that's just neutral where there there's just nothing going on, you know, where you can be out there and just be free to think and be the way you want to be. And, you know, that's just, that's what, that's what's special to for me. You know, it's just a lot of fun. And I, I really, I've, I've loved fishing since the day I started fishing, you know, it's, it's always just been like this, just this amazing thing for me. Yeah, for sure. And that's a, that's a perfect segue. One of the, uh, one of the questions that I always ask all of my guests is uh, what fishing story or memory means the most to you? Dude, I got so many fishing memories and stories, man. I have a, <laughs> so I, the, my, one of my earliest fishing memories is uh, fishing with my dad and my mom uh, when I was a kid. We grew up out on Belton Lake. Um, so I'm originally from Temple, Texas, which is central, central Texas. And we grew up on, on Belton Lake and Stillhouse Hollow Lake. And um, we used to fish this area of Belton Lake. You know, Belton Lake is, this, I mean, when you think about Central Texas, Belton Lake is not the kind of lake that you would think would be in Central Texas. Like, I mean, it's just this huge, like, hard bottom lake, big old bluff walls, you know, just crazy scenic lake. It's just a really, really nice lake. Clear water, as deep as all get out, you know, 150 plus feet deep, you know, just crazy. And then, you know, on one of the, the far ends of the lake, you have the Leon River that feeds into the lake. And um, we used to fish over on the Leon River a lot. And again, it's still big rocky bluff walls and all kinds of crazy stuff over there. It's just the water is just not as clear. So we, um, as a kid, you know, I didn't actually have like a fishing pole. You know, it's like my dad had all the poles, my mom had poles. And typically I was like this explorer, you know, we would go out and we would be fishing and I'm, dude, I'm walking up and down the bank, finding all kinds of crazy lures that people have left behind, hard baits, soft plastics, fishing line, hooks, you name it. Um, I would find all this stuff. So, you know, I would come back and, you know, I'd have all this stuff that I had found, you know, I was probably six or seven years old. You know, I was, I wasn't like, you know, over 10 or anything like that, but um, definitely smart, um, old enough to know what was going on around me. So, you know, I had, I had come back and my dad and my mom are out there fishing and they got 10 fishing poles in the line. It was just lined up down the bank, you know, cause you're just worm fishing. You throw a line out there, sit and wait. And, um, so I had come back, I had found like this giant spool of fishing line and a couple hooks and all this other crap. And, um, so I went and found a stick because I wanted to fish too. So I went and found this stick, I, you know, this nice size stick. It's probably, you know, three, four or five feet long fairly straight with not a bunch of limbs hanging off of it. And I took that fishing line. I found, you know, good eight, nine, 10 foot uh, section of it. That wasn't all kinked up, tied it to the end of the stick. And then I put a, a, a hook on the other end of the fishing line that my dad had given me. And then I put a piece of worm on there. And um, I basically just hung this off of the edge of this bluff wall. That was basically where they, we were all sitting down and hanging out. And no kidding, man, like I'm sitting there maybe five, 10 minutes and that stick just, ding, ding, like almost rips it completely out of my hand. And my dad, you know, my mom and my dad hadn't caught anything. They had been, we had been out there two, three hours, hadn't caught a single thing, not a single bite. And this stick is just going crazy in my hand. I'm like, ugh, because it doesn't have a reel on it. So I'm basically like just <laughs> like cane pulling this thing. And the pole is just going crazy. Man, my dad is like, what is that? I was like, I don't, it's a fish. I don't know. And my dad's like, get it up on the bank. So I'm like trying to lift it up this eight foot bluff wall. Man, he comes over there to help me pull this thing up on the, on the, on top of that bluff wall, man, up on top of the bank, dude. And I'm not kidding. It was like a six, seven pound catfish. Just a huge channel cat. And, um, my dad lost his mind over that fish, man. He was like, Brandon, are you serious? He said, we've been out here all day. And this one, you got a stick over here. <laughs> Going crazy about that. I'm losing it because I'm just like, man, I've never seen a fish this big in my life. You know, but that's one of the earliest memories that I can think of, man. Um, whenever I, I did, we had a lot of fun, man, as a kid growing up. Fishing is a lot of fun. That's awesome. That is, that that's what makes your your social media and and videos so so freaking compe uh, compelling 
you are a phenomenal storyteller, man. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always been the focus is like, you know, is again, you know, telling the stories, you know, and I won't say that it's always been the focus because in the beginning, you know, when I first started doing this, you know, I had a completely different mindset. Like I was like, oh, I want to be a YouTuber. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this, this, this and this. But, you know, I quickly realized, you know, after about a month and a half of really trying to do that, that it wasn't really what I wanted to do, you know. And it was just crazy because, you know, when all of this started again, you know, I was like, oh, I want to be a YouTuber. And how I even got even started in the bass fishing space in general is, you know, I had gotten out of the military. You know, I had done all this different stuff as far as hobbies, you know, everything woodworking, you know, to messing with cars, all kinds of stuff. I've always been somebody who works really well with my hands. I'm a tinker kind of person. And, um, you know, I was in college after I got out of the military and a really good friend of mine, um, you know, I found out he was a bass fisherman. And I was like, because I had, you know, this is right around the time when the Guggen squad, you know, before they turned into what they are, they weren't even close to this, what they are now. But it was, I watched this video from Justin Rackley. He was, I think he was still in college when I saw this video. Or he wasn't still in college, but the video that he was from when he was in college. And um, it was like one of his earlier videos. And he was fishing this pond that was right up here behind me, uh, right up here somewhere near me. And um, he's throwing around a fire tiger chatterbait with a Lake Fork Trophy lure swim bait on the back. But again, I'll, I'll never forget this because it's literally the, the thing that was like that piqued my interest. And he's like bombing this thing across this pond. And he's like, there's like this sticky grass line right all the way around the pond edge. He's running that chatterbait down the edge of that grass line. And dude, he just, you know, just leans into this fish, right? Just crazy, just craning and craning and craning. Dude, he pulls it in, it's like a five pound bass, man, just big old bass. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I was like, I want to do that. I was like, man, how did he do that? So, you know, I start jumping on YouTube, I start searching bass fishing, bass fishing. And all these videos start popping up, you know, people on boats, you know, people chasing bass all over the country, all over the world. And I'm just like completely immersed in this stuff. And I'm just like, man, I really want to learn how to do this. So, you know, I got to talking to a buddy of mine that I went to college with, you know, and he was like, he's like, bro, I fish for bass all the time. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah. And um, he said, man, I'll take you out. We can go fish sometime whenever you want to. I was like, bro, don't play with me. I was like, you for real bass fishing? He's like, yeah, dude. He's like, me and my me and my pops go all the time. And I'm like, bro. So, you know, I started telling him about the videos and all this other stuff. And I was like, man. I was like, dude, I can make videos like that. You know, I if I really want to do something like that. And he, he flat out, he's like, well, then do it. And I was like, you know what? I am going to do it. And I'm not joking. The very next day, I went and bought a GoPro. I went and bought me a Baitcaster. I went and bought an Abu Garcia Black Max Reel and a Temple Fork Outfitters professional seven-foot medium heavy um, rod. And I started beating up the neighbor, the pond here in my neighborhood, you know, just going to the pond every single day or as often as I possibly could get over there. It took me about a month and a half to finally catch a fish. Like, I mean, to finally get a fish on the line. And that very first fish that I got, man, that was it. That was the key to all of it. You know, it was like, this is what I've been trying to do and trying to chase. You know, again, I'm filming all this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm and the whole time, like I'm I'm filming and then I'll come home and even though I didn't catch anything, I, I'll edit the video and, and I'll post it. You know, if you go back to my very, very first YouTube videos on, on YouTube, you know, when I was like heavily pond fishing, there's tons of videos out there with me not catching anything, you know, just literally my first video that's up there is I didn't catch a thing. And, um, but you know, it was, it was about the experience, you know, and it's, and that's something that I think that's, that's been a major focus of mine is, you know, showing the realities of what fishing actually is through my content because yeah. you, know, you get so many guys out here so many people not just guys but so many people that are out here that fish you know that fish on social media that you know everything they post is a highlight reel you know it's always just hook set after hook set after hook set after hook set you know big fish little fish big fish whatever oh crazy catch but they never show that the reality that fishing is actually really hard you know fishing is not that easy it, it's definitely tough. There are bad days, you know, and it's crazy because me and Charlie talk about this all the time, but it's like, this is a hundred percent fact, man. I've been doing this for over almost four years now and I fish a lot and 
every time, I mean, and I mean this, every time we go fishing or I go fishing, I backlash the heck out of my reel. And I mean, like, spool it up. Crazy bird's nest. And, um, and I put I leave I put that stuff in my videos. You know, people see it. You know, and you know it. In my mind, in my opinion, it makes you relatable. You know, people can relate to that because you get people that that aren't great at fishing. You know, but they see you know somebody like myself, who you know I'm still learning. You know, that's one of the big things for me as well as is continuing to grow my skill set in this space. It's not always about you know getting stuck on one thing and just being like I'm there and this is it. Um, you know, but it makes it makes you relatable. People can relate to that because they see a person like me that's out here, you know, slipping and falling and, you know, um, you know, accidentally breaking a rod or, you know, bending the heck out of a handle on your reel because you slipped and fell on it or backlashing the crap out of your equipment. You know, it happens. You know, th that's the reality of what fishing is. It's tough, you know, not catching fish, you know, making those simple and small mistakes on the water, those big mistakes on the water that you know, lead to miscatches, you know, I put all, I leave all that stuff in my videos, you know, but at the same time, my videos tell a story, you know, they always have a beginning, middle, and an end, you know, there's always that start, the middle, and that resolution to, you know, what's happening. That way, you know, it gives people something to follow and something to learn from, you know, and again, it also is there to inspire them, you know, to motivate them, you know, to go out here and try something different, you know, look for, you know, something new, you know, to do when it comes to their fishing. And, and it does work, man. I mean, the, I, and it's not a toot on my own horn. You know, I get, I get the comments all the time. I get the emails, I get the DMS, but I get some crazy DMS and emails from people. I get, you know, crazy in-person interactions from people, man, that, you know, are the most humbling beings in the world to me, man, to, to get, you know, people that comment and say the things that they do, you know, that, that tell me how I've impacted their life in some way, shape or form, or, you know, it's just crazy to me, man. Like, and like crazy in a good way. Like, it's just, I never would have thought, you know, you know, four years ago coming into this, that I would be in this position and, you know, making that type of impact on people's lives the way that I do. And, you know, it's, it's an awesome feeling, man, at the end of the day. And that's something that I want to continue to do. You know, and I think that's something that a lot of people that are in these positions like I am could take note from is to, is to, to try your best to, to utilize your platform and your your um, your influence because I mean I hate that term influencer. Right? I, mean, I did I, I can't I hate that term. I do not I don't consider myself to be an influencer even though I know that I am an influence on people. But I hate that term. But you know use your influence in a good way. You know leave a good mark on on this place. You know so that you know people can have something to look up to. You know because people do look up to us at the end of the day. You know go out here and make smart choices. Be a good person. You know, use your platform to the best of your ability, um, you know, to to make an impact on somebody else's life, not just your own. And that's something that I'm, I'm heavily focused on doing. Absolutely. As someone who is um, uh, famously clum clumsy enough that he has a learn from my mistakes segment on his podcast, I really appreciate your honesty of leaving those clumsy moments in your videos, man. It, it makes me feel... Uh, um, little little more validated than than a lot of other times yeah, bro i mean it is crazy man because like you know we, we always try to show the good with the bad because you know where there are great days there are bad days on the water too you know where there are bad days on the water there are great days on the water you know but you know there's a balance to it all man it's you know just keeping it real man being authentic goes a long way in this space man and the thing is is people see it you know it's not you know a lot of you know guys you know that are you know bigger much bigger than i am you know they they don't realize how how quickly people see through that you know that this the fakeness that's on, on social media because this space allows you to it, it it allows you to easily be fake and um but people see through it some people don't you know some people are pretty naive about it but real ones they see through it you know they they can tell when somebody's bs and and they don't really know what they're talking about but um yeah, man. It's just, again, just being authentic is something that's highly important to me. You know, it's always something I've, I've always been focused on is, you know, you know, maintaining, you know, a sense of integrity, you know, having some morals in this space. You know, that's another thing is just be a good person. It ain't that hard. <laughs> <laughs>
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, one of the faith and fishing shirts is a quote from, uh, from a friend of mine, Lonnie LRB, who, uh, uh, whenever we had our round table discussion on racism, um, he, uh, uh, I think my question was like, how do we fight racism? Like when it, it, I, it was so good. I put it on a t-shirt. He said, just make being a good person a priority. Yeah, man. So yeah, for sure. Um, so I, can't uh can't let you come on the the faith and fishing podcast without doing what's your favorite it is uh it's a segment that we do with everybody and we're we're getting pretty close to uh to your 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 time frame i want to make sure that you get to put put your kids to bed and everything but uh so let's dive into it um and to start out i'm going to say uh what's your favorite quote what's my favorite quote so you know this year you know I'm not an overly quotable person, to be honest, but, you know, there's a quote that's kind of resonated with me, you know, through just this last, just over this last few months of getting this year started. And it's the quote that we chose to put on, you know, this year's um, autism campaign t-shirts and that's, you know, to see the able and not the label, you know, there, there's so many people out here that are affected by so many different things, you know, whether it's, you know, life hit them hard you know, whether they have some type, some sort of disability, you know, I'm a hundred percent disabled veteran, you know, all of these different things, you know, but, you know, I think, you know, the world as a whole would be a much better place if people just saw the able in people instead of, you know, the label of people all the time. You know, you think about, you know, the homeless population, you know, people are always downing, you know, the homeless, you know, because, you know, they're dirty. They, they look, you know, distraught and, you know, raggedy and things like that. But they're people at the end of the day, you know, most of them are great people, you know, that just fell on hard times. You know, you think about disabled people, the same thing. You know, these people are, are able to do a lot of things, you know, but they just got struck in, you know, stricken with, you know, some sort of disability that limits their capacity to do certain things. And it's like, you know, focus on the good in people, you know, and, and less on the negative, uh, um, you know, stigmas that are carried by all these different things. And again, it all boils back down to just focus on being a good person. You know, that that's really what it's really about at the end of the day. You know, if everybody just focused on being a better human, you know, I think we as people on this ball of dirt we call Earth, <laughs> you know, would, would be doing a whole lot better and could be doing a whole lot better going into the future. Man, that's that's powerful. That's really powerful. I, I thought about doing like a, a big fanning motion there, but knowing me, I'd knock this microphone through. <laughs> <right there. laughs> All right. So, uh, so what's your favorite fish to catch? Man, dude, I, I honestly, I love catching bass, man. I, I have fallen in love with this green fish. Um, and a big reason why I chose to chase bass is because I, I have this mindset that, you know, bass are an, are an extremely smart species while they are literally the number one, chase sport fish in the entire world, um, definitely in the country, they are extremely smart. They're extremely adaptive. Um, they're extremely resilient, you know, and it takes a lot of skill to catch a bass. And, and truth be told, the reality behind it is I looked at it as if I can catch a bass, then I can catch anything on this planet. There's not a fish on this planet that I can't catch. If I can go out here and I can successfully target and catch largemouth bass or any bass that's in the bass species, I can basically catch anything on this planet. And I have a bucket list that's a mile long of stuff that I want to catch. And I'm going to focus on checking a lot of that stuff off, you know, over the next few years. I got, I'm got i hopefully going to check a lot of a handful of them off, you know, here come this summer. You know, I've already caught, um, you know, obviously just the bass stuff, you know, I've caught Guadalupe bass, you know, that's a bass that's, um, indigenous to a, a specific area of, of South Texas, South and Central Texas. You know, we did this huge Guadalupe River trip um, where the the Guadalupe bass lives, you know, and thrives. And we went down there and we told this epic story, we camped on the river. We did like 16 miles of this river over three days and caught Guadalupe bass. That's what we chased. We chased the guads and, you know, we caught them. Um, awesome fish, man. Crazy fighting fish. And that fish is no bigger than your cell phone, man. Just, just little bitty fish, but crazy fighter. You know, we did a trip up to Oklahoma last year or the year before last to the Little River. And, um, 
you know, we thought at the moment that in the moment we were catching smallmouth bass, but they ended up being just ridiculously crazy spotted bass. And, um, you know, obviously caught tons of largemouth bass and things like that. But, um, yeah, like I, I haven't checked a, sp- uh, um, a smallmouth off my list yet. You know, I've had opportunities. I've been in places where they thrive and live, just haven't caught one. You know, Oklahoma, we just got back from Broken Bow. They live up there. We didn't catch any. Um, they, there's smallmouth here in Texas in certain lakes. Just haven't caught one yet. My home lake that I grew up on, Belton, Texas, you know, Belton Lake has smallmouth in it. Never caught one. Um, you know, but then there's other, you know, big, even more crazier species that I love to catch. You know, I would love to catch a freaking giant 50 inch muskie. You know, I'd love to go out to like Tennessee and, you know, fish the river out there and, you know, stick a huge muskie or even go up north and get one, you know, a pike or a muskie. I'll take either one of them. I take a chain pickerel at this point. <laughs> um, you know, I would love to go and, you know, chase a sturgeon. You know, that's another fish that I would love to catch. You know, we're going down to South, we're going out to Florida in July. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, potentially knock off peacock bass. You know, that's been a fish that's been on my, the top of my bucket list for a really long time. Um, you know, we're also going to do some, some brackish water, salt water um, fly fishing as well. So that's another big thing about me. Again, you know, um, always improving on the skill set, always growing the skill set. You know, I'm not focused on just one type of fishing, you know, you know, thinking about it from the conventional side of the house, you know, conventional fishing. I want to be the best angler I can possibly be. So I dabble in a little bit of everything, fly fishing. You know, that's something that I picked up and I absolutely love fly fishing. I, it's something I, I never would have thought in a million years that I'd be like, dude, this is actually fun. You know, like fly fishing is, is a lot of fun. I even got Charlie hooked on fly fishing. <laughs> you, know, you know, I got him his first fly combo not too long ago. And this dude is all about it. I mean, he's, there's a creek over by his house. He always takes his kids down in. Um, we shot a, a creeker series over uh, one of the series videos over there in that creek. Caught a ton of fish out of that thing, man. And um, on the fly. But, you know, it's all about, you know, again, just growing and, you know, again, being the best angler I can possibly be. Because, again, it's easy to be fake in this space. You know, cameras, smoke and mirrors, all that kind of stuff make you look like Muhammad Ali in the ring, you know, when you're really not that great. You know, and it's like, I don't want to be that guy, you know, that I, I want to be a great angler at the end of the day. And that's another reason why, you know, I fish competitively because, you know, that gives me an opportunity to solidify my skill set. If I can go out here and fish in a tournament and I can put five fish in the boat on a lake that I've never been to against the best talent in the state, you know, that means something, you know, <laughs> you know, that means something not only to me, but other people as well. You know, I'm not just this social media um, you know, personality that that can't actually fish at the end of the day. I really can fish, you know. <laughs> I fish circles around a lot of people. But uh awesome. nah, it's just it's just a lot of fun, man. And uh what about your favorite fish to fish for? Is that the same answer? Oh yeah, my bad. I completely got sidetracked on that. So yeah, I dude, I love chasing bass, man. Bass is my favorite fish, man. Um that's it's primarily just been because that's probably just one of the main species that I've really caught over the last few years. Um, I think once I really start to venture out and actually start catching some other species, like I said, I mean, once, once we get to Florida and I get down here and, you know, get into this saltwater stuff, you know, the flats, not really like out deep, big blue stuff. I don't mess with big blue. That's just too much water. (laughs) At least on the kayak it is. But, um, you know, when we get down here and start chasing redfish and, you know, all these other little, you know, flat uh, backwater species, tarpon and, you know, bonefish and all the other kind of little stuff that's out there, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a different experience. And I, I think that I, it's going to open my eyes to a lot, a lot more things that I might be like, man, dude, I, I need to start doing this more. You know, I need to start heading down to the Texas Gulf Coast a lot more often. <laughs> For sure. Uh, I got buddies down there that are always like, man, you need to get down here doing these redfish, man. You need to get on these reds. They're like, bro, I'm coming. Just give me some time. Like, you're going to get down here and you ain't never going to want to come back. You'll never want to go back to doing anything else. And I was like, no, nah, I don't believe that. But yeah, man. I hear you. What about your favorite fish to eat? Favorite fish to, bro, I, again, bass. Largemouth bass are absolutely delicious. I know that may sound taboo to a lot of people. Me and Charlie eat a lot of bass. So, um, 
you know, people, you know, we kept, we've caught crappie, we've caught bluegill, we've caught um, catfish, you know, all these other different freshwater fish. And no joke, I mean, we've, dude, we've eaten spotted bass, we've eaten, you know, we've eaten friggin' largemouth bass. I'd eat a smallmouth if I caught one too. So normally, whenever we go camping, like me and Charlie do our big trips and stuff like that, we usually, we're camping, you know, so we're, we're basically catching and we're cooking. Um, so, you know, we'll go out, we'll fish all day long. We'll catch a few, take them back to camp, clean them. And we'll make like fish tacos or, or whatever, you know? Um, but we're typically catching and, and cooking, you know, eating and cooking what we catch. So dude, like I had not, I can't remember, but I, I'm pretty sure that I can't even remember the last time when I was a kid that I had even eaten largemouth bass. So whenever we started, you know, when I, this whole bass fishing thing started with me, me and Charlie went on a trip um, and we caught a bunch of bass and we freaking cooked them up, man. I, I put them on the grill. We pan fried some and they were absolutely delicious. People be like, you're eating bass? Like, are you crazy? Like, Man, people went nuts over that junk. And I'm just like, bro, like you're supposed to eat these anyway. Like, yeah. That's why they have limits set on them. Because if you don't eat them, they're just going to overpopulate and fill up the lakes. And there'll be a million little bitty two inch fish in the water, you know, 14 inch bass everywhere. You're never going to get any big ones in there. Like, no, you ain't supposed to eat no bass. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, Y'all are crazy. I'm going to eat bass. I don't care. We cook them up. They get eight. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, of fried bass myself. I'm- man, dude, it's so good, man. This is like one of the freshest tasting fish literally i like it more than crappie you know and i've had crappie like my dad he's a big crappie fan so he's like no i want some crappie you know, blah, blah 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 it's like you know crappie has like a sweeter taste to it but man bass is like no kidding dude it's like a super fresh tasting fish man very very light and just it's all around just a really really good tasting fish i so i say that i like crappie better but i think if i had like a blind taste test i wouldn't be able to tell which one was which yeah, I can definitely tell the difference in them. Um, crappie has a little bit different of a texture to it than bass does, but flavor-wise, I, I definitely prefer bass over crappie. That's just okay. Since we're uh, since we're talking about food and getting all hungry and everything, what's your favorite fishing snack? Favorite fishing snack, man, dude. Um, so I have these like fig bars. My wife gets from um, from Costco. <laughs> There's like a raspberry. A uh, mixed berry and like a blueberry. It comes like a purple pack, a red pack, a per- pink pack, and then a blue pack. Dude, me and Charlie demolish those things when we're out on the water. I usually have like 10, 15 packs of them things with me. I just have a big old gallon size Ziploc bag and put a bunch of individuals in there because there's two to a pack, basically. Um, dude, those things are good, man. But you got to be drinking some water with them things because they will choke you up. Like They suck all the moisture out of your mouth, but they are delicious. Those are similar to like the Nutri-Grain bars, almost like the Nutri-Grain bars, just a little bit, um, a little bit more, the more dense to them. They're they're not as uh, soft and chewy as a um, okay fig bar or a Nutri-Grain bar, but they're similar to that. Yeah, gotcha. All right, so I'm not going to ask you to give away too many secrets. Uh, I don't need GPS coordinates or anything. But what's your favorite body of water to fish? Favorite body of water to fish, man. Oh, that's a really good question. So we have so many that are favorites. Y'all got all the y'all got all the famous ones. Dude, there's so many bodies of water out here, man. Like I, I'll be straight up with you. Like I've only been able to fish this like twice, but um, the only reason I've only been able to fish it twice is because it's it's seven hours away from me. But this is a lake that, no kidding you, if this lake was closer to me, I'd be in it every single weekend. I love this lake so much, man. It's Choke Canyon in South Texas. Um, I actually just, that was the lake that I you know, had the issue with the DQ because my hands were so big. Dude, <laughs> I, I just actually fished that lake um, back in February this year, um, or actually last month. Man, that lake is so awesome, man. There is so much diversity on that body of water. There's humongous fish in there. It's just so much wildlife out there, man. It's just a really, really cool lake to fish. That has to be by far my favorite lake to fish. Um, and it, again, I've only been able to fish it twice, and it sucks that it's so far away because if it was closer, I would absolutely be at that thing every single weekend. But um, I love that lake, man. That, that's that's like my number one lake. 
that if, if I ever got the opportunity to fish it, and I, I, if I somebody's like, hey, you want to go to Choke Canyon this weekend? We're gonna stay down there, go camping, and dude, let's go. Absolutely. And this next question, it's it's hard for me to ask because I, I tune into your lives every now and then, and uh, you get asked this question every single time. What's your favorite lure to throw? Man, favorite lure to throw. Favorite lure right now to throw. Um, it's definitely a, a crankbait. I'm I'm really really in tune with um, the DT series, the Rapala DT series. So um, this last tournament I just got back from this weekend. I actually um, I was out fishing offshore and uh, caught a nice bass off of a um, a giant laydown that's out in like 20 feet of water. Uh, just this huge, just like 200 foot tall tree that's just laid over on the bottom of the lake, man. Just huge tree. And um, so I'm like, it's it's ripping wind out there on this lake. It's like 30 mile per hour gusts. So I mean, it's rolling. So I'm kicking back down and um, I'm scanning, you know, on my side scan, just kind of looking to see what the, the bottom is looking like. And I see this giant lay down, just huge. So I mark it and I turn over there towards it. Scan over the top of it. I see a few barks down there on it. So it's like, all right, there's fish on it. So I go all the way to the end of the, the tree where basically the root system is. And I'm basically pointing. So the stern of my boat is, is into the wind. Bow of the boat is going with the wind. So I'm facing basically the same direction that the tree is laying in the water. And um, so I drop my anchor off the off the stern to keep my boat in position. And um, I pick up the DT-16 in a green gizzard color. African bomb this thing out there. I'm talking a 200 yard cast, bro. Because I mean, it's windy. The wind is blowing that direction, so it takes it. It's gone. <laughs> it's just, it's just gone. It hits the water. I start cranking it down, cranking it down, cranking it down, cranking it down. I'm just rolling it back, rolling it back. And all of a sudden, it's just this huge thump, just thump. I'm just like, oh, that's a fish right there. So I'm cranking it in, cranking it up, cranking it up, pull it up. 18 and three quarter inch bass, you know, just nice kayak bass. And then, um, so I, you know, I do my thing, get it measured, you know, submit it, all that stuff, let it go. Literally the next cast, bomb another one out there. <laughs> same tree, same lay down, everything, cranking it back. Not a big thump, but I feel a thump, thump, boom. And then it just like stops. So I was like, crap, I'm hung up. So I'm like, damn, I'm trying to jar it loose, doing all the pop in my line, you know, trying to get the crankbait loose and all this other stuff. I was like, golly, man, I don't want to lose this crankbait. So, you know, I pull my anchor up and um, I kind of, you know, just let the wind kind of drift me towards it. So I'm still cranking down on it as I'm getting closer. And basically I drift past it to where I can like pull my crankbait off of it from the back end because it basically got hung up between the, the tree limbs. Crank it all the way to the top, man. It's a giant like 17-inch crappie on there. It's <laughs> huge crappie. And uh, I'm talking straight dinner plate. And, um, but the, so I'm like, oh, crappie. So I'm like trying to boat flip the thing into the kayak, but it's like it, the, the crappie is like laying on top of the water, crankbait's right next to it. And I'm trying to boat flip it and it's not even moving. So I'm like, what is going on? So I'm like, I pull really, really hard, lift up. And then I see that it's like wrapped up in some fishing line. Like I had like caught someone's random fishing line at 20 feet of water. So I'm like, golly, how did that happen? So I grab my net. And I'm like trying to break the line with my net, you know, and uh, so I push on it real hard and the line finally pops. But my crankbait and the crappie are hanging on the outside of my net. They're not inside the net. So I'm, you know, bringing the net over to the front of the kayak. And as soon as I get it right over the top of my kayak, the crappie jumps and gets loose off the crankbait and falls back in the water. So I was like, you butthole. Because <laughs> he was sure as heck going on the stringer. I was going to take him home. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of the crankbait right now, man. That's been something that I've been throwing a lot. You know, I think, again, you know, with the competitive fishing um, that I've been doing, it's really changed how I fish. You know, even just fishing for fun and things like that, I've really, really gotten dialed in on finding fish really, really quickly, using baits that allow me to do that, allow me to cover a lot of water really quickly. And then once I find the fish, I can kind of lock down on them, and then I can slow down presentations and kind of, you know, weed through the packs and pick up the bigger fish. So, you know, I'm usually starting out with a, with a, a crankbait of some sort, you know, whether it's a DT6 up to like a DT10 for, you know, my medium to shallow diving stuff. And um, from there, I'm up in the, the deep ones, man, 14 to 20 footers. 
So, yeah. Awesome. And last but not least, man, what's your favorite time of year to fish? Year-round, bro. Fishing here in Texas is 100% year-round. And it's crazy because I didn't used to be like that. So I used to, whenever I first started doing this stuff, when I really first started getting into bass fishing, I really would only fish on like the good days. You know, I would typically fish in the summertime, you know, spring, late spring, and then summer. Um, a little bit in the fall, and I would never fish in the wintertime. Um, and just because, you know, it's it sucks. It really does. Like the weather gets really crappy here. You know, especially when you get to like January time frame, like we that's whenever it like gets real cold in Texas. You know, and that's whenever we get like those weird one off, you know, snowstorms and, you know, f- crazy freezes and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then literally like from basic March to like early May, it's just dumping rain for three months. It's just nonstop dumping rain. So but now, bro, I'm out there. I don't care. Rain, sleet, shine freezing cold bro i'm out there like you say let's go fishing let's go because bro i have caught some of the biggest fish of my life on the worst days (laughs) on the water you know there's not a time of year that i will not go out and fish man like i'm i'm a big fan of fishing year round man like you know the winter time is actually becoming a favorite time of mine to fish you know because i i hate being cold i dude i despise the cold I I would much rather be on literal fire than be cold because you can't escape it. You know, people are like, oh, man, I love the cold. You know, I was like, no, because it doesn't matter how many layers you put on. If there is one crack in that, that cold air is going to find its way in that crack <laughs> and it's going to find its way to touch you. And I don't like that. I'd rather be hot, sweaty and on fire than be cold. I hear you. I I, I run really hot and I have to disagree with you on that one. I mm. There's only so much I can take off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, I, I'm a big fan of fishing year round, man. Here in Texas, man, it, it's the fishing is great basically year round. You know, in the summertime, it does get a little tough because, you know, it's usually not as windy. Um, you get a lot of slick, calm days. And obviously, those slick, calm days basically just suck for fishing in general. But um, yeah, and then on top of that, you mix in, it's, you know, 105, 110 degrees. That, that also makes it a little unbearable. But when you go to the right places, man, on the right days, you can make it happen for real. I hear you. All right, man. Well, we're going to start wrapping things up. Um, if you would, let us know what is coming up next for that bass fishing dude. Next up for that bass fishing dude is um, we've got some videos dropping. So the Oklahoma trip will be going live um, over the next few weeks. Um, it's a three-part series. Those videos will be dropping um may i got another tournament coming up so i'll be fishing another place that i've never been to um june we'll have the autism tbfd gang autism day on the water where we'll be um you know introducing the the organization to another day of paddle sports and fishing again and then july i'll be going out to icast man out in orlando florida so i'll be out in florida for a week hanging out and fishing all over the place and hanging out with people so awesome and uh, I want to make sure that you get a, a an open floor to shout out any sponsors, supporters, anybody you want to say thank you to and, and give a, a spotlight to. Yeah, man, absolutely, man. I just want to give a humongous shout out to everybody that is supporting, you know, me, that Bass Fishing Dude, you know, the TBFD gang, all of that stuff. I want to thank everybody that has supported this Autism Awareness campaign over the last three years, including this year. Um, you guys are absolutely awesome. Um, I really, I'm overly appreciative that you guys give me the opportunity to give back to my community in the way that you do. And I look forward to doing this year after year after year and growing this and making this as big as humanly possible. So thank you to everybody out there that has been supporting me, um, with this autism campaign and basically everything that I do, man, because again, I'm really, really grateful for it. Absolutely. And, um, did you want to shout out, uh, sponsors, brand partners, all that good stuff? Oh, shouts out to everybody. They know who they are. They rock with me. They know I rock with them. So I don't have to mention anybody by name. But I, I do want to thank you, man, for, for allowing me to come on the podcast, man, and hang out with you tonight, man. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And uh, before I let you go, if you wouldn't mind shouting out a uh, YouTube channel, uh, uh, social media, uh, your live streams, all that good stuff, where can people follow your adventures? 
Yeah, man. Uh, you can follow my adventures on on Instagram, YouTube. Um, it's that bass fishing dude basically everywhere. It's on Facebook. Uh, you can just type it in on Google, and a million and one things will pop up with that bass fishing dude attached to. It. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. We got a lot of really cool stuff going on, man. We put out you know great videos every single month, seeking and chasing adventures, and hopefully it inspires you to get out there and seek and chase those adventures that exist around you as well. Absolutely. Well. Um... Thank you so much uh, for coming on the show, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate your time and had a blast. And uh, I, uh, you said uh, earlier that you you felt like you weren't really a quotable guy, but I'm going to be quoting this one for a long time. So, uh, and uh, and that is uh, like I said, this was a this was a little bit different episode. Uh, so that is uh y'all make sure to check the links in the show notes that's going to do do it for this episode y'all take care and god bless with 30 years of experience of handcrafting lures under his belt mr b of mr b lure company is making high quality spinner baits buzz baits jigs underspins swim blades and more right here in the u.s all of his skirts are hand tied and all of his baits feature a baked on powder paint all metal components and only owner and gamagatsu hooks all of his baits come in a variety of colors and if you purchase a bait in the battle shad color 30 percent of the proceeds go to the wounded warrior project to see the quality for yourself go to mrblurecompany.com that's mrblurecompany.com to place your order and use promo code faith the letter n fish the letter n pod 1x10 at checkout to save 10% on your first order whether you're a ned rig vet or a finesse fishing noob like me jade's jigs is your source for high quality finesse jigs that raise the bar by being lead free using a tin bismuth alloy not only makes jade's jigs eco-friendly it also makes the jig lighter so you get the same profile with less weight for the fish to feel. Check out jadesjigs.com, that's J-A-D-E-S-J-I-G-S.com to see their full lineup of jigs, styles, and colors. And since you're a Faith and Fishing listener, you can save 10% on your order by using promo code FNF10 at checkout. If you're looking for a photographer in and around the Raleigh, North Carolina area, the one I recommend you go with is Summer DeSalvo. Whether you're looking for family portraits, senior pictures, or business headshots, Summer's got your back. She's done family portraits for us and even a kayak photo shoot for me, and I have to say she's really fun to work with, goes above and beyond to get her shot, has a really fast turnaround time, and most importantly, takes amazing pictures. Check out her portfolio and pricing in the All Things Faith and Fishing link in the show notes or go straight there at summerdesalvophotography.mypixiesite.com. That's summerdisalvophotography.mypixiesite.com. Thank you for listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. Faith and Fishing is produced and hosted by me, Cam Steele, and is sponsored by Jade's Jigs, Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle, Savior Outdoors, Atollis, and Mr. B Lure Company. Be sure to give us a rating and a review and to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode. Y'all take care and God bless. <laughs>